0: Hi, this is Sanford Green, artist on Runaways, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics.
1: Oh, that was spectacular. That's good, right? Yeah, nobody's stepping on you, free and clear. You got the the word from the control tower to go and you just went, you just took it. There's two times in a row nobody's done that. I know. It's sad, though. Isn't it a little bit?
0: It's It, it hurts a little bit.
1: Yeah, it absolutely does, What's up with I'm, that shit? I just... Yeah, I just
0: you know what? I I hope whatever demons he has to work through, he, he finally slays them so he can be back with us.
1: It's the uh, demon alcohol. The That's what it is. The demon alcohol. The He's got to crawl out of the bottle. That demon in the bottle. Crawl out of that shit and get back to your butts. We miss you. Stupid you know, holidays. I know.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, if if it gets to, if if it keeps him off the streets, and I'm 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 happy about that. I know he um, he has his friends that 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 he sees every so often, and and it 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 kicks off the summer, it ends the summer. It's it. It's I, bullshit. It is what I, it is. It's, it's he's not with us, so I'm not going to say it doesn't sting. But you know, I earlier today we were, and I I may still be. I would normally. If we had remembered to bring food for Onyx, I'd probably be driving home from the little shindig right now. We we had to leave early because Onyx had to eat. So um, I was at what the hell? Can he cook for himself?
1: <laughs> Jesus, come on, man!
0: Uh, she doesn't have that ability yet. She's not tall oh, enough That's, to reach that's the, right. She,
1: the... I'm sorry. It's okay. She looks like a he though. He really does, right? It's, yeah. It's crazy. She
0: is just—I mean, besides that that, that low-pressure shower
1: hairstyle she's got going. Damn eyes, though. Oh. Right.
0: And she—and when she lays on me, sometimes I don't know what end is what,
1: and—and it's—it's because I have that problem with my wife. It's oh, but, if I, but if it smells okay. real bad, I know it's the, the butt end. <laughs> if it just stinks a little, it's the front end. Yeah. Oh good lord hey everybody all right starting off in true style it's 11 o'clock comics episode 560 yes we are doing this for you even without jason because that's how we do and i'm vince b
0: Woo, you are vince b i'm so glad you are here and that i am with you and i am david a price you
1: are i love the crickets I love the crickets. I have both
0: windows in this room open. See that
1: to me adds just another layer of awesome to whatever we do because it's real, verisimilitude. It's hey, I. It is what it
0: is, man. I don't know
1: when we move. I
0: don't know if you're going to hear the crickets at all, or what they don't got crickets there. I'm sorry,
1: they don't have crickets there.
0: They, it's it's more of a city street than the, the 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 backwoods deliverance type area I live in now
1: oh, <laughs> deliverance <laughs>
0: so it's, speaking it's, uh, of
1: deliverance. Oh. Yeah, if you're looking for comics delivered right to your door, there's only yeah. one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. One more time DCBService.com gets your books for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. Unfortunately, the list of specials is still not up. What up, guys? Come on. But it will be soon, and you can rest assured that the discounts will both be deep and plentiful. There's many discounts. I can't wait. Once I hear that my book has been shipped, my box, and I know I'm getting a previews book in there, I'm like, oh, rubbing my hands. What am I going to get? I went through the previews this month. Last month was my biggest order of all time. This month may be my smallest order of all time. Wow. Yeah. Well, not of all time. It's kind of hard to the, – the large orders – Are special the small orders? You know, there's a lot of wiggle room. I can get one book and it'll be my smallest order, but I would never get one book. But this time around, there's really not a whole lot in the previews that I want, aside from the singles.
0: Now I'm
1: worried. No, there's very little manga. Um, There's one. There's Captain Harlock Volume Three, and I think Doctor Stone Volume Two. But there's no Devil Man. There's no. dead dead demons de, 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 there's no um uh getter Robo like all the ones that they've been putting out on a regular basis they seem to have taken a a month off so there's really not all that much in this there's no collections from marvel or d c that I want it's terrible what a U you
0: there was there was it's last month for for the august orders which I finally got in um it was it was a very, very – it was probably – I mean, yes, there were months a few years ago where I wasn't ordering anything. This this, this month, as far as orders go for me, it probably was my smallest amount. I mean, aside from getting the previews so I can do the video for, for the patrons – and, um, which I still have to do the August one, and, Me too. um, there were, uh, I mean, aside from, like, maybe the Weatherman, uh, Black Panther, the Terrifics, and, I think like, like, Death Strokes, there was no Mage this month, uh, last month, there was, uh, yeah, I Hate Fairyland is wrapped up, so there wasn't, there wasn't a lot from Image, DC, Dark Horse, so I basically, um, and that was on purpose. It, there were definitely things I could have purchased, but I still there's a couple of things I still need to support, and um, yeah, I figure like like you guys convinced me that chances are I'll be able to to find these issues in the back issue bin.
1: So I'm torn. There's a book coming out from Fantagraphics now. If you wanted to make a beeline right to my heart, what do you write about? Well, there's a lot of things, but The dead center of my heart. Warren Publications, right? Yeah. There's a book called James Warren, Empire of Monsters, The Man Behind Creepy, Vampirella, and Famous Monsters by Bill Shelley. It's coming out from Fantagraphics. $29.99, 272 pages, full color, 6x9. I'm torn. Yes, I want this book. But... The treatment that some friend of, uh, friends of ours got received at Fantagraphics recently has yes. has me a little bit put off. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on getting this book. Um, I, I I I really love what Fantagraphics does, and I, I I would like to support them. And this isn't me just taking a stand. Well, maybe it is me taking a stand, but when when you're not nice to somebody who I love. I kind of mm-hmm. turn it around and, you know what? Fuck you. I won't order your books. Right. Um, am I hurting myself? Maybe. Because it's going to be really hard for me to stay away from this book. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I, as of right now, I'm not going to order it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Oh, well, sometimes, you know, you just kind of have to take a stand for... Yeah, which, which,
1: which it's true, and it's been happening a lot. I mean, in social media, we see it, right? Yes. And, and initial, and it all depends whom the target is, right? If if the target is someone you're not really all that interested in, you're just like, hey, yeah, whatever, okay, and you you move on. But when the target is something you connect with, and then you got to dig deeper. It just yeah. seem, it seems like you unravel this this. Morass of he said, she said, here's some data from the one side, here's some data from the other side, and you can get sucked into these things. And what used to be 1 o'clock in the afternoon is now 5.30. And it just seems like it just takes a lot of work to get to the root of what's going on out there. But I guess that's everything, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are people who just – don't want to get caught up in the drama and, right. and read more about it, and and kind of just shrug it off. And then there, and but like you said, if if it involves people who are near and dear to you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then then you kind of you, you do do some digging. And th- for some, it's it's just to find out the different sides. For some people, it's to
1: just to, uh, just to understand, and,
0: right? We yeah, just want to understand. Yeah. I want to understand, because I mean, I, because my gut reaction is, my my reflex is to to support and defend my friend. And and if, if, then, you know, then there might be some pride or stubbornness involved, because if you find out that maybe your friend... did something you thought maybe he or she wouldn't have done right uh th- th- then there's some like okay well i can kind of see their side but if it's your friend you know you can tell them you know you, you're kind of fucked up there but right it's well, you just you don't want but you also don't want to see people ganged up on it's like what and that's that's what's happening more and more these days is there's just it's it's an us versus them mentality it's two sides nobody in the middle nobody nobody trying to bring anyone together to say, you know, slow down, just quit shouting, and, and this way, no, because nobody's listening. Everybody just wants to say shit. Nobody's hearing anybody else, and and that's that's a problem. The fact that I you you won't change my mind. I refuse to have my mind changed because I'm right, you're wrong, and and we get nowhere, and it's it's tiring.
1: It's, just, it is tiring, and it takes it, it takes a lot of investment to just keep up personal investment. But the thing is, when when one side of it, if there's a lopsided battle, meaning I, l- I like one side of it, then it's okay. But, well, it's not okay, but it's it's easier to, to pick a side when it's lopsided. But when it concerns two sides with which I'm familiar and respect to a certain degree, like if you get a publisher, I like and an artist I like going at it, then it's hard. It's difficult because you really got to weigh what's said and parse all the data because I don't want to make a knee-jerk reaction for either side because, yeah, I like this guy and, hey, I've really liked what this company has published. So, like, what do you do? You just can't say, ah, fuck him. You got to get to the root of the problem. And, again, it takes a lot of time but you see i i think we do our due diligence we we read all the data and we we collate the information and then maybe we'll make a decision but it's not a decision that that like i said comes lightly where other people are just like oh yeah you're friends with this guy you're gone you're done get out of here i'm not even going to pay attention to what you say anymore so i mean you can't really do that you got to be fair right yeah but we, agree. yeah we do have our our uh our favorites and and it's it's just rough when two of our favorites get involved in a bruja. then you got to really work it, it it takes work um did you see i don't know if you ordered this last month but ahoy comics has a book called captain ginger Oh! Did you see who's working on this? It's in. It was the September in September previews. Number one was in the last previews. Number two is in the current previews. I hope you placed your order. I don't know if you did yet.
0: First, I haven't even seen the, the September previews. No, this is
1: this is previews three sixty. The so first the August one. The first issue of this popped up in previews three fifty nine. The second issue is in three sixty. This Captain Ginger's written by Stuart Moore and Grant Morrison. Grant, oh. Grant has contributed in, contributed in some way. I, I think it's maybe a text piece. He doesn't write the bulk of it. He has just contributed enough to get his name on the cover. And I guess that was their goal all along. It's not a, not a, a misguided play. It's smart, right? If you see Grant Morrison on the cover of a book, you're more likely to check it out, right? But the art... Is by June Brigman. Oh. Yes. Last time I saw June Brigman was what, Power Pack?
0: Well, that's probably the last time you saw her, but she has been working steadily every day for years.
1: On? Brenda Starr. (gasps) That's right. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I don't right i don't read that is it online so it's it's obviously a syndicated strip but are those strips also put online because i'd love to read it
0: i do believe let's i don't know if um i'm gonna do a quick search and see if go comics where you can read Lil donnie uh also offers
1: brenda star um but the, the, this comic, and I, I'm, this is why I'm surprised that you didn't glom onto it. This Captain Ginger, the, the crew of this starship, they're all cats. Oh, shit. What, what publisher? Ahoy Comics.
0: So it's right towards the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Shit, then no,
1: I missed it. And Ahoy Comics is also publishing a horror anthology called Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror. And huh. uh, yeah, I I just I said what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to order single issues from publishers that I'm not really all that familiar with, and if you're gonna drop a horror anthology called Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror and a June Brigman book featuring spacefaring cats, I'm gonna get it. the The Captain Ginger is 48 pages for 3.99. And the uh, Edgar Allan Poe is 32 pages. It's a mature reader's book for three ninety-nine.
0: Damn. I'm yeah, gonna, so I, I'm I on st- both of it. I still have the previews over here next to me. I'm going to see if I if I did miss it. Because I, I didn't get all the way through previews before I had to place my order. I just knew. what. So I'm sure there are, which is why I haven't done the video yet, because I want to f- finish the preview so I can say things that caught my eye that I will be on the lookout for in the future. Uh, and... I do have to make a correction. Hmm. The reason why you have not seen June Bregman or Brenda Starr is because the final strip was published on the 2nd of January, 2011. Wow. So, uh, A, I do not know what June has been working on in recent years. I like June's work a lot. I do, too uh she's um yeah, I mean, I knew her first and foremost from power pack mm-hmm. and uh that was um that was i mean she was on that for for the longest time, but yeah, I don't know if i I have a feeling like there'd be other things that she would kind of maybe just add her name to or work on from from time to time, but nothing that uh Your chronological listing of this creator's work. Um, Huh. Okay, she... It was... um, uh, Astonishing Ant-Man. I think she may have done a a variant cover. Uh, Scarlet Witch number 7. Didn't see it. That was probably a variant cover. So she's been doing some variant covers for Marvel. Uh, She... Let's see... Okay, yeah, they, they, in 2016, they collected Funeral for a Friend, the Superman story. Uh, Convergence, I thought so she did some work for that. That's so, right. Some she, variant covers. She did so.
1: work on the Superman books for a while.
0: Yes. So mm. um, there, there may have been that, you know, wheezy connection there. Yeah,
1: I would love to talk to her. Let well, me we see if we can get around here when this Captain Ginger comes out, because I would really love to sit down and just just catch up. Like,
0: I, I have seen her in New York.
1: Yeah, let's do this. You know that Mr. Norton, as in Mike Norton, has a new book coming out? I heard a rumor about that. Yeah, from Albatross. It's called Grumble. Okay. Rafer Roberts is writing it. Mike Norton is drawing it. And guess what? This is going to be a huge surprise to you, so I hope you're sitting down. I am sitting down. There's a pug in it. Stop. I know, right? So totally unexpected.
0: You know, Mike and his pugs is is very similar to another artist who always makes sure to put a pet, his pet in in his books and um we may we may talk about that artist this evening.
1: We may. We <laughs> I may. think I think we will.
0: Okay. All right. What are you drinking? Oh wow! Uh, it's been how long. I am this I, the the label kind of um, put me in the mood based on the setting for one of um for one of the things we're going to discuss this evening. Uh, this is from Columbia Winery. This is their Cabernet Sauvignon, vinted in twenty fifteen from Washington State, uh, Columbia Valley. And I've had it before, and it's been you stained it's been a while since i had some so i figured why not go for this
1: Nice. what are you drinking well um there was a cookout earlier in the day after work i went to a cookout and i did drink some um, ipas um maybe a little more than i should have given the time i was there i was there for an hour and a half and i think i polished off maybe four So I pulled back a little bit for this episode in order to get, you know, level out, bring some kind of smarts, hopefully, to the proceedings. So I am drinking, I'm going to let you down, Pepsi Zero. Wow. Yeah. But I do have the wine on deck. So if, when the Pepsi runs out, I'll switch to the wine.
0: Well, I, because I was at a little bit of a, um, because of the, the, the little get together I was at today um, I had uh, black dirt bourbon wow which which is it was so goddamn good I um, so good you gotta swear I dude <laughs> I, I wish I could it I hadn't I have not it, it's it's a New York State distillery and i i wish i had seen it in in any of the places that um that i usually get my bourbon from i've never seen it before but i'm going to be on the lookout for it now uh but after i had a glass of that uh the friend of a friend the friend's house i was at his his longtime friend brought a growler and um i believe it is um it's from Rogue Brewery, and it is called uh, Dead Guy Ale. Mm. And it was rather tasty. The The color looked like iced tea. So, it, I mean, right away, like, it looks crazy tasty and, and thirst-quenching. And it actually was a a pretty damn tasty beer. So, and unfortunately, though, since I had the bourbon first... I was fine with the bourbon. Uh Jimmy, who had the dead guy ale, he had the bourbon after he was drinking the beer he brought. And um I don't think it mixed too well for him. He wasn't he wasn't a fan of the bourbon. And he's generally a bourbon guy. And not that my I'm 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 not the arbiter of what good bourbon is, I'm just saying I was a little surprised that based on what he already does drink as far as scotch and whiskeys, that um or Scotch and Bourbons that he didn't think this was any of it. But
1: whatever. was the Dead Guy Ale dark?
0: It is. It's. It's. Um. You know what? I'm going to well, you know, slack it to you.
1: Okay. It was. It. It looked
0: like it wasn't. It. It's. I mean, not. Not dark in the sense that it was a. Um. It was a stout. Um. But he was also talking about the Jameson makes uh, a bunch of um. They, they started doing this, their their scotches, either aging them in bourbon barrels or um, mm. beer. Uh, so they, they, they have an IPA, they have a stout. So they have a whole new line now. And because I'm not really a beer drinker, I haven't tried the IPAs, but I've heard good things. So maybe maybe I'll, I'll try to find a bottle and, and I'll bring it for when we're hanging out next Cause, month.
1: Cuz if it was dark, I would call it Dead Girl Ale in honor of uh Elisa Lamb. You hear about that story? Elisa Lamb? No. Yeah, she well it's it's a strange a lot of strange circumstances. She they found her dead in a water tank. In a water tank atop uh Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. And there's video footage, surveillance footage of inside the hotel. And she's getting in the elevator, and she's pressing buttons, and she's looking out the door, like if someone's chasing her. She's visibly distraught, and um, there, there's this th- this thing that has sprung up around um, her her death, where if the, in, they say if you press a certain amount, it, it's, I think it's a Japanese thing, if you press a certain sequence on the elevator, like if you go to one floor and you press another number and you go to another floor and you, you can enter another dimension. It's weird. Investigate this. Elisa Lamb. It's, it's, it's fascinating. But long story short, how did this frail, young Asian girl end up inside a water tower, naked, Dead. And the, th- the reason why I say about the, the, the black, if it was dark, was the people in the hotel were complaining that the water tasted funny and that it was actually black at one point. So huh. that, that's what triggered it. That's my sardonic sense of humor where, you know, this poor girl died, but hey, let's call this beer, you know, dead girl ale just because it's dark. See, that's where my mind went. Sorry. We have a theme for this episode. And I think y'all are gonna like it. And kudos
0: to you, because I, I, I really do. It was, we could have just rolled with a regular episode where we're just gonna shoot the shit, but um, I like that. I kind of had to think on my feet and and throw something out to you.
1: And uh, and it's well, something that I've never read. Is it serious? Are you? I've serious? never read That's it. Crazy. No. Crazy. No, never read
0: it. I, I'm a little surprised. I'm well.
1: I'm but not surprised, I'm, but I'm a little surprised. But please. Continue. Well, hold your, sur- hold your su- uh, surprise because I haven't said whether or not I liked it. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, 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 believe me, I've already braced myself. but uh, For not, because I did like it. Um, so so <laughs> this right. episode, Dap and I put our heads together, and we came up with a theme. And I hope it's a regular thing because we had a lot of fun with it. It's called The Puppet Master episode and why do we call it puppet master well because I pull Dap's strings and give him something to read and he pulled my strings and gave me something to read hopefully nudging us out of our comfort zone and reading something we normally would not have chosen selected by somebody we love best in the whole entire world so that's why we call it puppet master and I, I,
0: I like that we both read something that we've never read before.
1: Yes, and I think we should um, set them up. Not, I'm not going to set up the thing I gave you to read. You're going to set it up, and I will set up the the book that you gave me to read. And here is what we've selected. DAP chose, for me, the Ray miniseries, written by Jack C. Harris, pencils by somebody named Joe Casada. I don't know, he may or may not have a future in this business, Um, inks by Art Nichols, and the color art by John Cebolero, and I picked, for DAP, two things. But there's conceptual continuity here. Uh, Chamber of Darkness, number four, which was published in 1970. Not the whole issue. There's a story, the last story in the anthology is called Sword and the Sorcerers, written by Roy Thomas, with art by Barry Windsor Smith. And then from there, he catapulted into Star the Slayer, four-issue miniseries under the Max imprint for... Obvious reasons, you'll you'll see why once we get oh, into it. Yeah. Uh, written by Daniel Way. Art by the amazing Richard Corbin. And color art by Jose Villarubia. So that's where we are. Those are the two things that we have consumed for this issue. You want to start with the ray?
0: Let's start with the ray.
1: Okay. I gave you the creator roll call. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, first off, before we get into it, I gotta say, it is a series that gets progressively more weird. Yeah. It starts off fairly typical for a DC book. And then with each issue, it gets more and more unhinged and unpredictable. And it's wild. And I did not expect it at all. I thought it was going to be in the JSA vein where, okay, we have a legacy going on. Here is the father who bequeaths his powers to the son, and the son is just trying to deal with them. And there's some of that in there, but it's part mystery, part superhero, part – part – Mad Magazine, in some respects, where it's just crazy towards the end. Um, but here's how it unfolds. If the series is uh, centered on one Ray Terrell, young man, unfortunately, young Ray has been lied to most of his life. They, uh, he's a bit of a celebrity. They used to call him Night Boy. Because when he was young, um, daddy said that you are extremely hypersensitive to light. If you go into the light, it will kill you. So young Ray can't attend regular schools during the day. So he's privately tutored by Sister Rosemary and Sister Mary Rose. (laughs) I love that. It's crazy, right? Um, Lives in the dark. All the windows are, are blacked out. Never, ever, never goes out during the light. Um, lives a relatively solitary existence with one exception. Um, his next door neighbor. Or neighbor. It doesn't really say that she's next door. But his neighbor, Jenny Jordan. He, she's the his one. His friend. His bestest friend. One of the few glimmers of light in uh, young Ray's life. Um, she comes over and plays with him after school and they have a grand old time and they share hopes and dreams and everything that kids um, share and uh, on the night of Raymond's eighth birthday his powers kind of kick in and it's really not a good scene I mean the the kid just explodes in light and and Jenny's kind of freaked out and she leaves and goes home and that's the last time in a long time that, that Ray sees her, Jenny invites Ray to the junior prom, and he does go out, albeit at night. He's got a, you know dark glasses on and a hat, and he's kind of concealed and, and covered up, and, and they have a great time. But after the junior prom, that's it. That's the last time Ray had seen her until the events of this miniseries um ray's really good with computers in his own words he can he can hack with the best of them and um he uh, matures he turns into a teen as all little kids do and um he watches his father age and succumb to illness and he was always told you know that he was special and, and, and he just didn't really know the specifics of it. And his dad on his deathbed um, gives him a book and he, he's basically spilling his guts. He says, here, here's an album. Um, w- what the album was, it was the chronicles of the, uh, the original Ray Langford, Happy Terrell, whom we are led to believe is Ray's father. And uh, in the book were, you know, newspaper clippings and and press things where, you know, you see Langford as the Ray doing heroic things, Langford with the Freedom Fighters and uh, the group with which he was a member. Um, And he he tells his son that the reason, you know, the reasons he quit being a superhero and that uh, here's the rub. Um, Daddy's DNA was changed by the experiments that made him the Ray. And the light powers that the Ray had were inherited by his son through that good old DNA stuff, right? And and Langford supposedly could control his son's output by absorbing the excess light energy. When, when young Ray was born, doctors were like, you got to get in here because there's something wrong with your kid. And the kid is brilliant blazing light and and ray's like oh no and he grabs the kid and he absorbs the light and the kid's relatively normal to the eye but we all know that that's not the case right um so he kid kept the kid in the dark for years um under the cockamamie ruse that young ray was allergic to sunlight and had to live sequestered in the dark and that's that wasn't true ray has he can go out in the light it's just that he can't control his powers and bad things would happen. He just needed someone to to direct him to to m- fine tune him, and that's where cousin Hank comes in. Cousin Hank's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, don't you think? I mean, he's he's got this whole elvish Elvis. He reminds um, me of the Johnny Depp character from Crybaby.
0: He, he, oh, I he's, love that. Kind of like a greaser who just. Did,
1: He's a little bit based on the
0: leather jacket and and the pompadour, and it's he's just.
1: See, I don't see Crybaby. I see Ford Fairlane. I see Andrew Dice Clay in him, a skinny Andrew Dice. Clay. Oh, I didn't,
0: I didn't, I didn't find him as as um. Don't as say annoying oh, oh, <laughs> oh, Dice is not annoying. Are you okay? We're I, not. We're not. We're not going to go down this road right now. <laughs> Dice di, was great, but then I then then you know then then I turned seventeen. But no, please. I, I just we don't. I I cringe when I when I when any of his routines come on. Now I just they're just. It was fine for that that era. I dickory, yes. duck. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's like I I. There's some things where it's like I I
1: really. It I'm almost, not saying he's I a master. I'm
0: myself for 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 laughing so hard at some of the things he did back then, but but I'll, I'll I'll watch The Adventures of Ford Fairlane anytime. My head, I just I love that. Uh, I don't want to say love. I've enjoyed that movie too many times to mention. Yeah, it's but. a
1: fun movie. Um, but so um, Hank pops up at Daddy's funeral. Um, young Ray is is obviously distraught. He he's burying his dad and and pops uh, here comes Hank with the pompadour and like like Dap said and and they they kind of they're cousins, and they kind of have this weird bond going on like they're they're very dissimilar personalities, but that's that's good because they they kind of work well together and um Hank seems to know things about Ray, you know, yeah. and and, um it progresses and and ray says you know what what am i doing i i gotta find jenny i miss her she was you know a bright spot in my life and 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 i I would like her back in in my life and i i just gotta find her so he does some hacking because that's what ray does he's good with computers remember and and he finds out that she works at at a bank in philly and so he goes out in the day this is ray in the day with a funky jacket and um he he arrives at the bank just in time to witness a bunch of masked thugs kidnap Jenny. And Ray kind of sorta rescues Jenny. Um, only to be crushed at the revelation that she's married. She's not, but that that comes later. It, the, the basically the whole thing was a setup. To to knock young Ray off his feet to kind of dissuade him from pursuing Jenny and to go in another direction. There's somebody behind the scenes that um, knows of uh, the lineage, knows that um, Ray is the son of the original Ray. But as the miniseries progresses, we find out that Ray's daddy is not the original ray the original ray comes to young ray we'll call it daddy ray the (laughs) daddy ray that was in the freedom fighters actually comes pops in to young ray's reality and says you know what i'm i i need help he he's he's is it another dimension uh is it um, we're not quite sure with the end of the first issue just where this other Ray is. Um, but long story short, um, Ray learns stuff. He he learns that he can send and receive thoughts with this new Ray. Um, they can communicate uh, telepathically because they are, it's kind of like the speed force, but it has to do with light, right? There seems to be a, uh, a, an energetic bond between the two that, um, they can share this, this mental information with, with each other. And, um, he also learns that his father's not dead and they kind of, the, the daddy Ray kind of misleads him and sends him on these weird, um, Missions, I guess you can call them side quests. Side quests, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's a little silly, Um, and I don't mean silly in a in a in a way like I didn't want to read it silly. It just if you were young Ray and somebody told you to do what Daddy Ray is telling him to do, that you'd be like, "What? It it doesn't make any sense. Like, why? Why are we doing this? I got to get to Jenny." But I guess that was the whole point was to keep him away from Jenny for whatever reason. Um. But here's the the thing that I didn't quite understand and and I will say that it's a it's not a quick read. There's a lot of dialogue in it and there's a lot of events that unravel within the six issues. It's not I think it's a it's a mini series that deserves to be read more than once. I just read it once for the show, but there I have questions about events Within the miniseries, that I think another read-through would have helped me with, it would have answered them. Um, And I I, again, I didn't read it fast; I read it very quickly. But Jenny was told to make like she was married. Who was responsible for that? Was it? Yeah. We don't. Do we ever find out? Uh, not in the miniseries. And I don't. No, I don't. um, Because
0: I'll. I do not know,
1: but okay. Because okay. I I, I may, thought it was Caldwell. May
0: have the um, I may have the answers scrolled away in a box, which I'll get to later.
1: So there was an ongoing. Yes, there was. Ah, see, and I didn't read that either. Okay. Um. So there's this man, this bald man in darkness, just like Ray. Nice little conceptual bookend. Um. And he keeps lighting candles, and he has something to do with again that light energy and they call him Caldwell the Candleman and he is he resides in a psychiatric hospital and he knows things about young Ray and that's who I thought was the one pulling the strings but he seems to be just as surprised as Daddy Ray and young Ray at some of the turns of events in this miniseries like when Dr. Polaris pops up seemingly out of nowhere <laughs> out of nowhere yeah um caldwell's like oh that's a good idea get somebody with magnetism powers it's like <laughs> well wait a minute i thought you were the one who pulled him in It's just it, there, there's there's big question marks within this series that i i don't i don't have the answers to but if they play out in the the ongoing maybe i gotta read that too right so again young ray's being manipulated by a lot of people in this thing um So daddy, or the man he thought was his father, had died. And uh, young Ray was left daddy's estate and all of the the things therein. And he has this this, uh, lawyer, Mr. Brett, who seems hell-bent on getting Ray to sell the house. You got to sell. That's it. You got to sell because the legal fees are too much and you don't have the money to pay for them. You got to sell the house. Get the hell out. I'll get you an apartment. Here you go. Here's a deed. And he like, he railroads the kid into doing all these things. And Ray's like, wait a minute. This is the only house I've known my entire life. Why the hell would I want to leave this? Like I I can still smell Jenny in this house. So I I I really don't want to leave. Like he's got a, a a very severe need to be with Jenny. And, um, he eventually does. I mean, they they lock lips, and it, it, it's a moment where it's like, oh, finally, you know. And she's like, "Go, oh, go be a superhero. Go, I'll be here waiting for you." So that that part, there's closure there. But I guess, see, I, I I was aware that there was an ongoing, but I thought that maybe everything would be answered in this. But it's kind of cool that it wasn't, because it just gives me something else to read now, right? I agree. Yeah. Um, but Jenny is uh, resourceful in her own right because she's told by the uppity, um, uppity ups in the bank that you know what I mean. You, you've done your part. Don't, don't pry into this any further. But she looks at the security footage of the heist and she realizes, uh, my savior was Ray. But did she not seem? Did she not think to ask that if I'm pretending that I'm married? When this guy comes to save, like it's just, it's it's strange. It's just strange that pretend you're married because somebody's going to come and rescue you, but we're not going to tell you who that someone is. But you're going to review the security footage and realize that it's your long lost childhood friend, your bestie. It's it's there's questions. I have questions. That's all. (laughs) You bastard, you got me reading this now. Um, (sighs) But Ray's powers. He he's unable to control them at first. Like he's he's flying along with with Daddy Ray, and he puts a little bit too much energy into his uh, acceleration, and he winds up in Germany. And when Ray does the the uh, Johnny Storm flame on, in Ray's case, it's it's light on when he when he you know accelerates and puts his powers activates his powers his clothes burn away. I don't know why the jacket doesn't burn Just, away. Just yeah, I love that jacket. It, yeah, but why doesn't the jacket burn away? Where did he get the jacket? Was that a gift from Dad? I'm guessing. He, Since he, he
0: shows up, I mean, it's, it starts off wearing it right at the first page. Right, so.
1: yeah, he has the jacket. The jacket doesn't burn up, but his pants and his shirt burn up. So he's he's a, a naked guy in a really cool jacket at the end of every one of his escapades. So he he... Blasts over to Germany and his powers, you know, sputter and he ends up in, in water and he's he they think he's a pervert. You know, I would, I guess. Right. So he's Mid- he's locked up and he's he put in the, the German clink and he's um. he can't understand the language. But um, Daddy Ray comes to him again and says, wait, what are you doing? We got to get out of here. Come on, come on. Um, as I said, Dr. Polaris is involved in this too. Um, And it's that back and forth with Dr. Polaris and Emerson and and Emerson is in control and Dr. Polaris is in control and it goes back and forth and back and forth. But um, at the the heart of this thing, there's Dr. Dazel. Is that how you would pronounce it? Yes, that's how I would pronounce it. Dr. Dazel had theories that... Okay, let me see if I get this right the light that was present at the beginning of creation and and god said let there be light that that bada boom of light that instigated everything looped around is it the universe or the solar system i would think it would be the universe right because if it was just the solar system the the light would have came back a lot sooner so let's just assume that this this light energy looped around the, the universe, and the light was sentient. And Dr. Dazel said, okay, this thing is cognizant. It's coming back. I got to prepare for this. By creating something or someone that could communicate with it and say, yo, 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 there's people here. You got to to go somewhere else. Because you're going to destroy a whole bunch of innocent souls by coming back. So that was the reason for the the experiments in light energy and his work with the original Ray Langford Terrell. And that's how it all started. So one of Ray's missions in this six-issue miniseries is to communicate with this entity and send it somewhere else. And he does. More or less, um, in in the sixth issue, it, it's it's a there's a great double page spread of this massive ball of light, and you see a little little teeny teeny tiny ray. This a speck. Like you get a, a really good conception of scale with this thing. Like it's massive, right? Um, all said and done, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a cool miniseries, but. Um, I mean a lot of the fascination for me was knowing the fact that you love this character.
0: I love this version of this character.
1: Right, you love young Ray. You know, and and this is a this is um I forgot to mention that this miniseries is a massive retcon. Because the the original Ray was pulled into the DC universe through this right right because he was never a member of the freedom fighters was he i mean the the, the the original ray had comics published outside of dc but when when the character was pulled into dc they retconned it that he was a member of the freedom fighters right um, cuz i don't I think don't... The, i don't think the original ray comics were published by dc But none of the freedom fighters. No, were. they were. They were. They were. Um, original Ray on the cover of Smash Comics twenty-five, by Gil Fox is published by so DC Comics. So then thinking,
0: I'm thinking of of. Um, I'm thinking of the characters like uh, Phantom Lady. Yes. And
1: Uncle Sam. Phantom
0: Lady wasn't she was she was a DC character?
1: Mm, no, not originally. I don't. Okay, no. I'm looking.
0: I'm looking at an issue from 1976, and the Ray is in the lineup of Freedom Fighters, number four.
1: Okay, there you go. But I we bombed
0: all man. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I Phantom Lady, I can almost almost guarantee was never a DC character. I don't know how uh, we we should investigate this. How Phantom Lady got into the DC universe, but. Uh, I could be wrong. Hey, it happens, right? Um, it has something to do with crisis, right?
0: Well, no, because, it had to be before. It was probably during the same with, with, with DC buying everything, like like the Charles characters, like mm, says, like Captain Marvel with 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 Fawcett.
1: It says here the first Ray was Langford Happy Terrell. A quality comics character. Right. When DC Comics later later purchased quality comics, Happy Tarot was retconned as a member of the Freedom Fighters on Earth X.
0: So that's it's, the same thing as Phantom Lady Human Bomb. Yeah, okay.
1: So oh. Phantom Lady is probably a quality. And they just, DC just yes. scooped him up and said, bada boom. Yeah. Yes. These, these guys were always around. And and uh, so no, cool. At least we have a basis for, um, we have a little bit of history now. This is cool. I like this. Um, what was I saying? Oh, the 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 one the joy for me in reading this was one that you love this character, this character, and two, seeing just how much Joe Casada's art has changed over the years.
0: <laughs> and he didn't, he really didn't draw the last half of this series. He did some layouts, but mostly Art Nichols did the the pencils and inks. Um, he did the heavy lifting in um, he did pencils, he was credited as pencils and inks in number 6 and in number 5 he's um, Casada is layouts, Nichols is finished art and then I think in issue number 4 Nichols has to um, Casada does pencils Nichols does inks and but pages 12 through 22 finished art by Art Nichols so Joe was because there's a, there is some quality content in this first issue. Joe went balls out with 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 packing every panel he could with as much as he could, and yeah. the facial expressions. I, Joe went he went crazy in the first issue. So without knowing anything else that was going on in his life, uh, because before this he was he was doing some some spell jammers. Uh, he he because uh, this was before this was before X Factor. This was oh, for Exo yeah, yeah. uh, Man o War and 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 everything else. So uh, this is this is young Joe Casada, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, I like young Joe Casada maybe more than mature Joe Casada, especially Joe Casada of the last like ten years. The Daredevil
0: father Joe Casada. Y-
1: yeah, and the the uh, you know special cover artist Joe Casada. Like I haven't enjoyed Casada's covers recent covers very much at all um but i i totally agree with you that he packs these panels with a massive amount of visual information and um the flashback sequence where it's basically um the ray black white and red where it's it's hey. the, the only color used is 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 red just to to highlight and to uh offset some of the the visual information and it's really well done um joe is not good with baby faces though because that's a homunculus (laughs) the first issue yeah when dad goes into the hospital oh yes that's a homunculus holy crap that that ain't no baby (laughs) that's not an attractive baby (laughs) no no (laughs) it's it's true but I mean let's, like let's why, is, why is your baby looking like Mr. Church. Seriously the baby's Agent Cooper. Um let's <laughs> let's give Joe some credit. The uh, the superheroics and Jenny. Um, oh, Jenny. Jenny's fine, the superheroics are amazing. When when Ray um, lights up, I mean he just turns black and white and yellow. It's gorgeous. Casada just nailed it. The the uh, the character design is amazing. Um, there's a point in the first issue where Ray is, um, he's on the ground, he's hurting, he's got his hand up, he's reaching towards Jenny. Jenny's being pulled off panel. Um, The energy that's just streaming off Ray, it's, I mean, Joe did a great job, a a very wonderful job on this. Yeah, I like it a lot. But um, in addition to uh, the, the actual sequentials in this book, there is a ton and I have to be honest. There's a ton of text, back matter that I did not read.
0: Um, and that's that, the first issue is really the only back matter that I guess matters. It, it's it's because it gives you a little bit of backstory as to why this miniseries is happening.
1: Uh, I should have read it.
0: Well, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have added anything or answered any questions. Um. But it it is, it's it's actually back matter that um, comes from the creators, and it's not just it, it's not just uh, DC's hype machine. Or make sure you also read this.
1: Yeah, who's this James Owsley Cat that edited this? I don't. <laughs> who is that?
0: <sighs> That's his old name. Yes, it is.
1: What's his new name?
0: Uh, now he just goes by Priest. Most yeah. people would probably call him Christopher Priest. Christopher but yes, Priest.
1: this guy. I mean, you know, we tend to forget just how long Priest has been involved in comics. Oh God! Yeah,
0: he was. He was the the Spider-Man line editor. Yep. He was the. Uh, he also wrote Spidey. He
1: he wrote
0: Power Man and Iron Fist, uh, the Falcon. He um. When he came back to Marvel, he did Captain America and the Falcon. He, Joe grabbed, Joe and Jimmy, probably for things like, because of reasons like the Ray. Joe and Jimmy grabbed him to write Black Panther for the the new Marvel Knights line, when when Joe and Jimmy were given some characters to have their way with. Um,
1: 20 years, Marvel Knights. Yeah. 20 years, yeah. But uh, issue two. Um, the one sequence that made me smile was uh, th- most of the, the miniseries takes place in and around Philadelphia. Yes, it goes to Germany, but it, it's basically centered in, in Philly. And um, Ray powers on, and he's, you know he's, he can't control it. And he comes down into um, Philadelphia's famous Italian market, and you see a street scene, and there's a sign that says Palmiati's Poultry. And Ferrara's fish market, right? And then there's a, a woman, an Italian woman. She has a, an apron, and it says Rubenstein's Kosher <laughs> Italian Sausage, right? But he comes crashing down, and there's a young woman looking through half-off shirts, half-price shirts. Um, and she she goes, he goes, Psst, man, he's, so he's nude, right? And he gets a, p- a newspaper, and he's covering up his his junk with newspaper. And he goes, psst, "Miss," and she goes, "Mamma mia!" <laughs> and he's like, "Do you have something to to cover me up?" And so she takes some of the clothes, the half price clothes that she was looking at. And she goes, "You always take a stroll in the altogether." And she gives him the clothes. And I'll tell you, the profile of her flinging the clothes back, uh-huh. Joe nailed it. I mean, she's yeah. got she's got a crop top on, but he um it's a it's a tank crop top uh bare midriff right that's what happens with a crop top and she's got her arm back and she's semi-muscular but you can see a little just a teeny tiny line where the breast meets under the the shoulder i'm telling you it's a beautiful profile he nailed it he nailed it and then we see her um, neg- there's a panel with negative space. There's nothing in the background. And she says, "Good luck, handsome. Keep those buns warm." <laughs> and the the Italian woman says, "Anna Marie, <laughs> do we ever see these two again in the series? Do you remember? I don't. I don't know. Because it seems Not like yet. a lot of of visual real estate to spend on a character that. Well, we never see her again in the miniseries, but I, I'm hoping. That we see her again in the ongoing. Because I, I like this character. She's spunky. <laughs> she is spunky. She is. Uh, it's a cool, cool little sequence. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just paging through. Um, there's one scene of, of Hank that it is dead on, Andrew Dice Clay. It's dead on. He's a little thinner. He's got the sideburn. I- issue 2, page 13. Where um, all right, uh, Ray gets home, and uh, Hank comes to the door. He pulls him by the the leather, and he's like, yo, go! Oh, yo, yeah. You're stretching my leather." And then the next page, top left, that's Andrew Dice Clay. That's dead on. Race put race taking his yeah, I can see a little bit yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 yeah. But Jenny is super fine, and there's a lot of double page spreads in this, and they're all there. pretty magnificent. Yeah. Um the panel with with Ray in the jail with the cockroach in the foreground that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Was it's it, a little yeah, bit of Frank right Miller.
1: Thank you Frank for the, the the shadow effect because let's let's be honest that's where Joe got it. I'm thinking. Um no I love this. I I thought I'm I'm glad that you made me read it because it was a uh, is a blank spot. Um and I, I I'll be totally honest I wouldn't have chosen this to read if it wasn't for you.
0: I mean, I'm 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 surprised, but I'm not surprised that it's because it. I mean, depending on where you were, or what else someone may have been reading in early because this this was published in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was DC publishing? Chase
1: mm, uh,
0: I love. Legion. Mm. So you know, so I, I was in some, on those two, yeah. So there are there are definitely some some things that could have been uh, maybe just overlooked. Because again, you know, you see you see a book from DC titled The Ray, and you're going to make the connection and think it has to do with the Golden Age character. And and granted, you know, you had things like uh, The Elseworlds Tale, The Golden Age. Um, but there weren't, nobody was really clamoring for any of the nineteen forties characters to at at this time, really, since you had um, all all of your old Silver Age and Golden Age characters were being replaced with newer ones. You went from Hal to Kyle. You went from Barry to Wally. You went from Ollie to Connor. So you had there was just it was it was that that, that was just what was happening. At DC, but for the, for whatever reason, uh, I, I saw this miniseries, I saw this first issue as a, um, I love the Beecham cover on the first issue, but I, I just saw it as a chance for me to kind of get in on the ground floor of something new, something from DC, something that, um, something that I, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I had, I, I had done some reading, uh, cause Harris did some, uh, some interviews and I, I didn't really, I knew Quesada from little things here and there. Uh, there was, this was really his, I, I, cause I never read spell I didn't, I didn't, didn't spell jammer. Sorry. I, I wasn't a TSR gamer. Uh, but i knew joe's work based on other things and probably wizard but the um the ray was just something that that caught my eye i figured okay it's a first issue and I, not because it's oh it's a new number one i got to get it it was just it was, it was i'm going to read something and not need so much baggage more or less and i I read this and the interview with Harris where he kind of mentions that um, the Ray is the most powerful being in DC universe, meaning that, but he's not the smartest. So he could, out of thin air, because all he's got to do is rearrange matter, he could build a gun just using his mind but he would have to know the inner workings he would have to know the mechanics of a gun
1: right because so there's, there's parts in the series where he fashions clothes out, yes. of, out of light energy because yep. you know daddy says you know there's an easier way to get yourself not naked you don't have to be mm-hmm. stealing clothes just do some uh, funky, fancy footwork with the light energy and you can make you know, clothes for yourself, and he does. But um, yeah, that's more like the the lantern corps. Don't they have to understand the workings of the things they create with the rings?
0: I don't think so. I don't think so because you have. I mean, Hal was easy because they were just fucking giant boxing clubs. Uh, John was an architect, so he knew. He probably knew the physics and weights of things. Uh, of his constructs but um kyle was an artist and if if kyle wanted to make some super giant cannon because you don't even it all of that is just it's just extra it's it's eye candy because just if instead of making a cannon blasting a laser just blast the fucking laser with your ring it's you don't need all this extra stuff so you don't lanterns just it's all powered by their will whatever they feel like making they can make but they don't whereas Ray can make whatever, but I mean, he could make the shell. He could make, he he could make what a gun would look like outside and the exterior of a gun. But again, you know, if he doesn't know how to make that cylinder or, or, or the right. firing pin, then, then it's so, so the fact that he also has to be that smart to use his power. So he's not just, he, he's not, he's not major bummer. He's not, he's not, he's not just looking into whatever he can do. And, and the fact that, you know, that kind of just, makes him
1: eh, a tiny bit relatable because yeah. you know
0: we all yeah. want to be as smart as we can be um, I they, love that
1: they say but, that in the series too that he's the most powerful character yep ever, yep. but I mean, can you imagine if he had forge level oh in, forget in, in, about intellect? It. intellect he would shh,
0: yeah. yeah unstoppable he would be he could be what if, if he ever decides to turn evil, he'd be the big bad in every DC event from now until I, they would have to find a way to stop him. It, it's just um, hmm. the the uh, the helmet. I love the helmet. And yeah, and, and again, you know, it's like, listen, you know, make sure it's got the fin on it because it'll stop with the whiplash. And because and every time he cr- not only does he crash land naked, he crash lands and his neck is always hurting. And and it's little things like that where Harris kind of just doesn't. He does, he doesn't hit you over the head with it, where it's like, oh, here we go again. It's just it, it, Ray doesn't know how to stop. He doesn't know he, he's he just talks to himself a lot, and and they're they're based on situations that you could actually envision someone having after going through this. And he, um, it's it was it the whole the whole package for me. I mean, it was a, it was. A, i'm going to say in, in, in air quotes a new character because ray terrell is new but it was a new character um i i really dug the i love joe's design work i mean as notwithstanding i just i really really like when joe gets to design things i'm mean, between Azrael or ash or the ray
1: um Azrael, as yes asbat's not so much
0: exactly right
1: right, right. asriel is a great design i think i love that especially yeah. with the uh, with
0: with with the uh, sword fork whatever the hell you want to call it i don't know what the hell the name of that weapon is i but do I, but i, I don't know
1: him. if when he was when he was designing Azrael, if they had told him that you know this character is eventually gonna take over the mantle of the bat because why would that even be a concern what they when that did happen they were shoehorning the design of Azrael into a design that would somewhat work as a Batman, and it just doesn't. It's just cumbersome. Right. It's 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 ugly, right? It is ugly. Where there's a, there's a little bit of there's a lot of finesse to the Azrael design. It's it's elegant in some spots. It is, yeah. yeah. I, I
0: it, it's it's um. So when he yeah, if if when he gets to design things, I'm 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 there. The um his uh, his cat tends to always make it. In especially in his earlier work, because uh, that same cat has shown up in Daredevil. Um, and I don't know about X Factor, but it, it the cat's shown up in plenty of places. The uh, you have the artist, you have uh, a pretty cool character. There was just a lot for me to just really dig my heels into and enjoy. And and uh, about two years later. The Ongoing started, and the Ongoing only lasted, um, oh, it did it have a Zero Issue for Zero Month in October of 94, but it lasted um, with the Annual and the Zero Issue. It, it ended with number 28.
1: and Wow, that's an eternity now. Yeah. yeah. Or three months for Marvel.
0: <laughs> so. Well, yeah, for double shipping, yeah. Uh, but the, the series starts with um, with pencils, by Howard Porter. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and and uh, I, I bought years ago. This was before. This was even before bulk Bulletin Boltons. I went on a massive priest eBay hunt, and basically anything that I had never read or was missing that priest had touched. I had um i had one and that included the ray series it included the quantum and woody series it included all of black plant panther uh so this was obviously before anybody knew these things would be what they would be going for today um and and the ray is still sitting um because when the seller shipped them he did um the slightly oversized bag. So you had an issue, a backing board, and an issue. So every every issue, every bag has two at least two comics in it. Uh, but I started reading the I read the first couple of issues and then just never got back to it. And it was boxed up and moved around between a couple of different places. So I still have them. I will read them now, especially knowing that um, we're both fans of the character. Ken Bruce enacted the letters on the uh, on the Hacha. series initially. But it's um
1: before you move on the uh, two two books and a backing board Yeah. That's, that's how I bag all my books, I know, yeah, my is expensive, yeah, it is,
0: <laughs> but the newer books f- fit oh, that yeah. way
1: yeah plenty of I don't use the um I don't even know what the what the designation is uh Bill Cole has two sizes for current comics. There's a there's a current comic size and there's a standard comic size. They're about a quarter of an inch difference. I use the bigger one because you can fit you can fit two forty eight page issues and a backing board in one bag. And like if you're bagging Valiant books, shit. I mean they fit perfectly. You know, DC standard size issues. Most most standard size you know thirty two page books they fit fine too in a bag with a board and they're not touching the only thing that they touch is this acid-free board mm-hmm. so it's I, I don't have any any qualms with, with doing that
0: is but, the board acid on books uh is, it's only coated on one
1: side though isn't it it's not coated at all it's 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 acid-free cardboard yeah oh okay okay yeah yeah um I we get to see the main man makes an appearance. Lobo, I was waiting for that. Shows up for it's a great Lobo. It's a wonderful Lobo. The way his his bottom jaw comes out farther than his top teeth. I think that's great. It's like a little bit of uh, little dreadish going on. Only you know Lobo needs some dental work, but um, I I think it's a great Lobo. And the, the thing that there's a lot of different. Stuff going on here there's a point in the sixth issue when Daddy Ray combines with Dr. Polaris and you get this hulking massive dumbass confused character um there's the the thing the ongoing question of just who the hell is this Caldwell the candleman like what are his powers the 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 sisters at one point they almost conjure. Caldwell like they they light a candle yeah and, yeah and the flame in the candle is Caldwell's head like this guy has some kind of light slash fire slash mystical powers that I don't understand based on this miniseries and I think it's kind of cool that I don't get it because it's it's it it, it adds a layer of mystery to this guy like what is what does his powers like he seems to be some kind of uh, mixture of you know maybe the human torch and doctor strange like he, there's some mystical element to this guy that I I want to see more of him so I'm hoping again that he's in the the ongoing but um six issues of lies untruths misdirection psychodrama th- especially in the last issue when um pages um negative space just no backgrounds where um the ray uses jenny's childhood flashlight as uh, a crux to well i won't spoil it but um there are there are pages where characters um architecture a lot of different stuff are drawn in just black and white line just just black line work not colored at all and the ray is in color and it they, it's striking it's beautiful it's amazing um, those are some of my favorite pages in this thing, when he's he's talking to a young Jenny and she's uh, she's just lying and that's it and raising in complete color. I like it a lot. And that's um, you said that that's Nichols in issue six, right? Yeah, yeah, it's great.
0: He he, you know, art went by the line that Joe had put down earlier, so it didn't make it look like. It wasn't jarring. It didn't look like it was out of place. It um, there were little things here and there that you could tell that maybe weren't as fine or um, detailed as if Joe were to do it, but uh, Nichols kept it in the same area, and and uh, and I appreciate that, especially since since Nichols was kind of um, brought along from the beginning, and it didn't just like it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't a rush or a deadline job and, and they just dumped it on someone who happened to be walking by the office that day. Um, yeah, as, as far hey, as, you. yeah, you come be, um, cause by now, Colette was passed on anyway. So you had the, uh, the back matter in the first issue. First letter is by, um, Harris, who was talking about, um, a, uh, upon hearing my request to work on a new project, Jim Owsley brought forth the current status sheet of DC characters. As I ran my finger down the list of characters Jim was developing, I stopped at the name of an old friend. Because Back in the 70s, I had edited a number of issues of the Freedom Fighters. This group of former quality comics characters included Uncle Sam, Dollman, man the Human Bomb, the Black Condor, Phantom Lady, and the Ray. Um, so kismet or destiny fate what have you brought um brought these two together but what's interesting is that owsley as he was known at the time he um he says the ray is based or at least this incarnation i guess the ray is based on an original concept of mine called avenger basically what if you were 17 and had these great powers but were too much of a dweeb to know how to handle them uh, Avenger had a pal who was far more worldly and gave him just the direction he needed. Basically the same advice Tom Cruise got in Risky Business. Well, I never got around to developing Avenger, and when I came on the desk here at DC, I brought him with me. So the um, there were two characters I'd wanted to get my hands on, Claw and the Ray. Well, nobody wanted to bother with Claw, and a few people even remembered the Ray, so I got them both. Uh, then he started editing Dragon Lance and Spelljammer, and noticed that um, uh, Spelljammer is where um, he grabbed Joe Casada from. So he took a day off from Penciling Spelljammer to bring in sketches for the Ray. Joe's concept is uniquely his own, spinning away from whatever stupid ideas I originally gave him. His sketches won him the job. I never looked anywhere else. And then I spent six months looking for the right anchor. Joe gave me a list of his preferences. It had three hundred and twelve names on it. Nearly every anchor working for me was on the short list. And it was a real pain to pick just one. I was content to follow Joe's lead. So when he called to tell me Arthur Nichols was now available, I penciled him in somewhere around number two hundred and eighty eight. So everything was um everything just kinda lined up. Now I do not know I, I I'm sure I read it at some point, but I do not know what happened that, um, Jack C. Harris did not write the ongoing spinoff, but, um, it could be, it could be scheduling. It could, because I mean, if it, it we're, we're talking about this, this finished in 1992 and, uh, the Ray, the first issue of the ongoing has a cover date of May nineteen ninety four. So uh, I'm not sure why there was a a lag like that, but nevertheless. So the um yeah, I just I, I don't know I, I don't reread this series as often as I reread others, but um the look, the design of, of the character is just, I, it, it's, it's as striking to me, and, and I enjoy it as much as I do the, um, the blue deep sea camouflage from Aquaman, from, from the, uh, the P. Craig Russell and Neil Hamilton miniseries that they reconned away. But the, uh, I do know that the Ray, is currently a member of, of, or was a member of Batman's Justice League. And the, um, I, I think they, they kind of tweaked, they tweaked that character a little bit. I mean, I think they were still referring to him as night boy and they had his origin set so that when he was younger, he could never go outside and no light could ever touch his face. Um, I believe the character is gay, which ain't nothing. thing. It's, um, but yeah, there's just, but Joe's design for the character, I think at least with the, with the jacket and definitely the helmet, has lasted um, the test of time because it's it's still the look that uh, I believe they're they're using and that's really uh, the old yellow worked back then, but it's it's definitely it's. It needed to be punched up a bit if they were going to try to bring the ray back.
1: Good call, Mr. Price. Oh, thanks, man. Good call.
0: So was yours. Really? Oh, dude. I. Um, hey, thanks for sending the sword and sorcerers over, because there's no way in hell I was going to be able to uh, find Chamber of Darkness. But the uh, I, I thought it started off as, as a typical... Conan, not a parody, but just conan like story uh
1: now you're talking about the sword and the sorcerers from the Chamber of darkness, right? yes, yeah, that actually is the dry run Barry Windsor Smith did for Conan,
0: that's why he's wearing the same type of helmet mm-hmm, looking a little looser though this this is a very yeah. lanky um. Conan, but still, the, the, the bones are there. It's, um, I was going to ask if this was before yes. Conan. And it's also a little Ditko-esque on, on the second page. Um, but yeah, what, what really sucked me in was the, um, the fourth page of the story, because at the end of the third page, Star hurls his broadsword at Troll, only as we turn the page, we see somebody waking up and uh gentleman by the name of Len Carson, who is the writer of Star of the Slayer's stories. So, <laughs> I mean, I, right there, I'm like, okay, that, that's cool because I, whether it's the whole, you yeah. uh, know, breaking the fourth wall or just giving you, showing you how to sauce it, because we went from. Basically, by the numbers, barbarian versus wizard type story to bring you into the here and now. And uh, I I thought it was a... It's, it doesn't end... Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it's it's not the happiest of tales for, um, for Len... But the, uh, the 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 way it ends basically the way you, you would expect an anthology from this era to to end. I, I had I had no problem with the story in the anthology. I, I thought everything made sense based on what they had going on here.
1: Yeah. Well, you got to remember, Chamber of Darkness was a horror anthology, and here is a sword and sorcery for all intents and purposes a sword and sorcery story it's a little out of place as like the first three pages play out but once it comes into reality with the writer of the character we just read three pages of and the way he his demise I I mean so it was fair game for a horror anthology There's there's a horrific element to it but, you know, if Marvel didn't have a sword and sorcery anthology back then, um, they they did have uh, Savage Tales, but that only was one issue, and then it went away for a little while, and then it came back. But And in the meantime, Barry Windsor Smith did a, an amazing uh, job on Conan. But this short story sets up the book we're about to talk about, in that you have a barbarian named Star the Slayer, and he's fighting this dragon man. Um he's he's fighting to protect the city of Zardath. And he's he's going on because the Dragon Man is a pawn of the wizard troll. And so things go down, they're thrown down, and, and uh Star is face to face with troll and he's like i'm gonna get you and he throws the broadsword and then it comes into the the waking world where we see len carson the writer of star the slayer the creator of star the slayer and uh len's like you know what he's talking to his editor he's like f this 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 star character he sucks i'm gonna kill him off and the publisher's like "Whoa, whoa whoa, whoa. wait a minute wait a minute we're making money off this you're not going to kill him off. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do whatever the hell I want to do. And he hangs up on him. Um, and that's when Star, they don't really explain it, maybe wizardry on Troll's part. But Star comes into the here and now and comes face to face with his creator. So it's it's creator versus creation. And Star's obviously more popular or more powerful. And and he kills his creator and then as he does that, he gets transported back into the world where from whence he came, and there's a minstrel named Morrow there. And he's like, whoa. Oh. he wakes up star and he says, I I just had my my, my greatest battle and, and Morrow's like, Hey, but you know what? You you came out on top, gosh golly gee whiz and, and i <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna write a, a song for you. And, and everyone will sing it. And then Star goes on to become the king of Zardath. So using all this information, Daniel Way runs with it. <laughs> um, oh, yes. I mean, he just goes balls out. And now Star the Slayer was a four-issue miniseries under the max imprint, which means nudity and foul language were more than allowed. They were encouraged right? Um, I've read a lot of Max books. M- you know, the, the, the Punisher stuff, um, Corbin... Well, Corbin did a lot of Max books himself. He did the Cage, did the cage yeah. miniseries. He did H.P. Lovecraft, Haunt of Horror. He did Edgar Allan Poe, Haunt of Horror. He did this um, Star of the Slayer, obviously. And um, I gotta say, out of all the Max books I've read, just in terms of language this book is the most foul there's not a piece of daniel way worked very blue in this the f word is thrown around like candy i mean every page um uh and and every other word too even the c words in this book so i mean if 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 you have a problem with foul language then i would not read this because Way is very, very liberal with his profanity in this book. Words that a barbaric society should not be using. These characters are using. Yeah. So yeah. it's it, it's like you get street language. Like one of the characters, one of the guards says, "Oh snap!" Like yeah. he would never. Th- 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 what is "oh snap"? This character would never even know what that is. It's Zardath. Here is not a city it's another planet whereas in the original zardath was a city in in daniel way's story zardath is a planet and the the capital city is Kalmarud. so that's where most of the action takes place i'll back up now cuz you read this i didn't I, I, it's not my my baby <laughs> <laughs> but i i will say before you before you get into it and and i'll answer it at the end there's something, there's a head-scratcher concerning this miniseries that I do not understand, um, taking into account the imprint. This is Marvel Max, anything's fair game. And I'll tell you what has me so befuddled after you're done with it. Okay. Uh, we,
0: the names are the same. Looks are completely different. Mm-hmm. The, um, we get, we're introduced tomorrow, the rhyming minstrel, who uh, is singing about Len Carson, uh, this person from another dimension, New York City <laughs> on Earth. Um, I should probably start with the Len Carson part in his youth, a best-selling hotshot. But now he's all old and bald and broke, once rich and famous. Now he's so not. He thinks of the day when he pissed it away and he feels like such a sucker. He thought he could make it. He'd just reach out and take it. Publishing's a motherfucker. And it's just, I, I enjoyed Morrow's contribution to this way more than i thought i would i
1: mm-hmm.
0: um something that could be turned into something that could be annoying really never was for me
1: yeah the rhyming thing th- that that's what used to bother me with the demon so oh, really yeah i mean rhyming gets old after a while but daniel way is a songwriter So, I mean, you as a songwriter, he should be particularly attuned to writing in verse, right? True. But Morrow didn't. Morrow's little um, songs—they didn't bother me, right? Uh, You should mention that Morrow is. um, I don't know if this is Daniel Way's commentary on the original, because when Morrow shows up in the original, he's very. Fay, let's just say. And he's blonde and he's, he's, he's gorgeous. But the Morrow in Star of the Slayer is not. He's, no, he
0: is homely.
1: He's one of uh, Richard Corbin's um, mutant-type characters. If you read Mutant World and uh, Demento, Morrow looks like a skinny Demento where the big puffy lips and the oddly shaped head, um, and, and Morrow is, is very gay. And everyone knows that Morrow's very gay, except one person. Yeah, <laughs> which is like, Morrow's gay? <laughs> um, wait, 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 what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the deal is that Len Carson, as in the original, created Star the Slayer, got extremely popular, and for whatever reason, squandered his 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 riches, and uh, so he calls up the publisher. Uh, he he pissed off the publisher. He's like, "Fuck you! I'm doing what I want to do." And he tried to write the Great American Novel and failed. The oh, pub yes. no, there wasn't a publisher that would take it. It was just plain old bad. So um, riding high on the hog for a lot of years, and then he he left the arena that made him famous and tried to enter another arena of publishing and didn't make it. So tail between his legs, he calls the publisher and says, you know, let me me take another stab at this star, the Slayer. I'm a, I'm going to write his origin. Everybody's going to know where this dude came from. It's going to be awesome. And he embarks on writing it. And when he hits the key on the typewriter and the, the, the arm comes up and smashes against the paper, imprinting the letter on the paper. Everything changes. And we're transported into Zardath. And we have, um, Star the Slayer and family that, um, they're sort of nomads from the Darklands. Uh, but they make these, this awesome jewelry, so they think and and they they they're making a pilgrimage, they're nude more or less um they have you know it's it's their their nasty bits are for more more or less covered up um they walk in sometimes in shadow, but anyway uh so star and and family go to kommarood and they wanna sell their jewelry. It doesn't go well at all, no it's not yeah, um. Uh, we get uh, Troll and his brother, and Troll makes the grave mistake of pointing at uh, Star's um, mom, who is topless, and says, What would you come here to sell? Milk? And Star punches straight through this man's head. He punches through his head. It's It's very graphic and so star and and company are are arrested and they're they're you know they're in chains and everything they're they're to be executed and everyone star came with is executed in front of his eyes brutally their heads are pulled off um but he's saved star is saved because they're going to put him in the arena in the gladiatorial uh, combat arena that the the, the plebes love so much, and um, then we get other characters introduced into it that were never in the in the short story. Um, I'm going with Moonha. Do you say Moonja or Moonha? I'm thinking Moonha. I was when I was reading it; it, it was Moonja in my in my head. Okay, we'll go with Moonja then. Um, there is a female. Gladiatrix named Moon Moonja, and she seems to be fairly high on the chain of command. And she takes a shine to uh to Star and she's like, No, 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 no. Get him in the arena. You know, we'll we'll make him work for us. So so Star has to fight for his life. In the arena, he meets Tira, um a muscle bound female. He takes a shine to her. She wants nothing to do with him. She thinks he's a pussy. And he kinda is a mm-hmm. pussy. You know, he kinda is, you know. Um then um it gets worse from there because we think Troll's out of the picture, but he's not. He starts to study the dark arts. And he's got his he's he's his chalk lines. On the, the the floor, and he's putting his candles down, and he invokes something, and he he he, he gets a a, a vessel, um, a poor unfortunate man, and they're they're doing the ceremony, and he slits his throat, leaving this man's body vacant. And what does Troll do? Well, he takes Len Carson, the writer, back on Earth, where so we should assume that it's Earth. He takes Len Carson's essence and injects his essence, into the body of this this poor man. Why? Well, Troll is going to go on a little bit of retconning because Troll wants to defeat Star, and those novels have already been written. But we're going to retcon him. He forces um, the writer to, to, to undo the events that he had, previously set into motion i'm gonna shut up go ahead i'm gonna sh- i'm sorry i get a little, hey. I, get a little carried away. I love it i love hey. it um it was a little bit of
0: uh i i got a little bit of a crumb vibe with some of the art by corbin and especially in the first issue uh, especially when the uh when carson is uh making it rain so to speak and and uh <laughs> oh, the, the, the bikini-clad women are, are kneeling at his feet. Um,
1: He's getting blown by three ladies. They don't show it. They don't show it. Um, but the the song goes on. Top of the world, getting blown by three girls. The king of pulpy narration. Len's next move would defy expectation. <laughs> and it's <laughs> a it's a typical Robert E. Howard type thing where you know. Uh, you get a, a fairly burly Len, and they're, they're I mean, this is a, a pastiche on that, that Frazetta Conan cover where Conan's large and in charge, and the, you know, the ladies are at his feet. Um, and in the background, we see Star doing what Star does best, and that's hacking to pieces um, things. It's, it's a pretty awesome image, but those are fairly typical um, Corbin women. Okay. Yeah, fair, somewhat typical. Um, like um, Crumb. Crumb has a particular uh, area of the female body that he, on which he likes to focus: the, uh-huh. the big, thick legs, massive butts. Corbin likes his women doughy, not not as as out of proportion as Crumb's, but I mean, the Corbin woman has fairly massive breasts. And a tiny waist and child you know bearing hips, but like i said they're they're in the ballpark for for Corbin women, I believe you. yeah uh
0: these so the um the first issue ends with uh instead of star showing up in Len's world as he did in the anthology story. Here, Troll brings Carson to Zardef, and we, um, like been it said, it's to, uh, to retcon the story. So this way, um, Star does not um, get the upper hand, and when Carson, Carson tries to escape, uh, his toe gets bitten off. <laughs> Um, and we then cut to, um, Moonja training, um, Star by having him fight Tira. And Tira wastes no time to fuck Star up.
1: Yeah, she kicks the shit out of him.
0: Big time. Um, not quite literally, but close enough. And he, uh, he gets his, his 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 anger gets the best of him, so he doesn't uh, he doesn't do well in in this little fight at all. Um, and she even feigns an injury and and suckers him into a uh, a bit of a I don't know um, body slam type move but he uh, he tries to make the best of it later that night he is um, he figures he he will appeal to uh, he'll make a case. To her to so that they can run away together.
1: He'll uh yeah, he protect her. Makes no sense, does it?
0: <laughs> it really does. She it. just and,
1: she kicked him in the balls. Yeah. She she you know emasculated him, right? She told him, You suck. You can't fight. You're you're terrible. You're just you're you're nothing. And then he comes to her in the middle of the night. He's like, Yeah, let's run away together And she's like, Okay, you know? But but first let's have the sex and star gets all naked and she leaves him hanging. Yep. And he's ridiculed, you know, but this, this character, this, this Tira, she's, she's massive. Right. And, um, she, she's a hell of a fighter and she single handedly just, there's, there's these two monkey esque, Pure Corbin characters, that um, they're supposed to—they're they're the scourge of the arena, you know—the the mandrel type, uh, really close-set eyes that Corbin likes to use, the the, the long snout, like they're they're simian-esque. But I mean, they're—they're—it's typical Corbin, and um, not only does she destroy one of them, she makes it look like she's running, but she's not running. She's setting up the kill. And this thing is, is chasing her. And she kills it. And then in, in one second, she um, just chucks a spear and kills the other one. But as, uh, while all this is going on, Troll is taking bets. And he's the, 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 um, Tira is not the favorite. Tira is expected to lose and lose big. And Troll's like, I'll cover all bets on on Tira. Yeah, you want you want to bet against her? I'll cover him, man. And and he's just taking bet after bet after bet and the the people are just you're so stupid. She's going to lose. You're dumb. But she wins. And then so Troll has a boatload of money. And uh he buys Tira's freedom. So Tira goes with Troll, which completely crushes Star. Yeah, he's got nobody now, right? So, dude's at the end of his rope. He's all alone now. the The, the woman on which he had a crush is gone, and he's in his his little chambers. And uh, he's beckoned. Munja wants a wants a word with you. Munja tries to rape him. Yep, she tried. To, I mean, she's all over him. She's like, "I want to see what you're working with," and she's ripping his pants off. He's like, "No, ah," and and just and he he leaves. But this was the plan all along. This was Troll's plan all along to completely crush Star. So Star leaves Kulmarud and goes back to the Darklands. Leaving Troll to his own devices. Now, Troll thinks big. He's like, okay. Mm -hmm. I came back. Star beat the shit out of me. But I weathered that storm. Learned my dark arts. Brought the writer over, I bested Star not by beating him, but by crushing him because I took away everything that, you know, he had. Now he's gone. You know what? I'm going to be fucking king. And that's exactly what he says. Now I'm going to be fucking king. And he poisons. The king dies of natural causes. And his, oh. well, the original king, the king before, dies. Oh yeah, and um his is his is it his son or his nephew? Doesn't matter. The next in line to the throne, I believe it's his son, Bruton, comes up and now Bruton's the king. So Troll gets cozy with the king and he pretends to uncover a plot to kill the king when he set it up himself anyway. So the king's like, hey you're right, my man I'm going to make you my advisor. And Troll's like, okay. Um, that, that cough that you have, you know, that's that's not good. You better start taking this this medicine. And the medicine or the stuff that Troll gives him makes it worse. The tonic makes it worse. So the Brutana eventually dies and Troll becomes the king. What do you know? Right. He says he had all the money, he had all the power, he even had the girl. On the day he moved in, he cracked a shit eating grin and made his first royal proclamation. Y'all can lick on my balls and <laughs> and drink drink my ejaculation.
0: <laughs> it's foul, this thing And the is... smile he's got on his face when he yeah. says it's it's <laughs> You you definitely want to see Troll get his.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Did you know that Richard Corbin makes, sculpts heads of his main characters out of clay? No. And, and when he draws them, I mean, he uses them for reference. He lights them and turns them different ways. And, you know, so all of the, the, the main characters, he has reference for them that he actually physically constructs in order to get the correct placement of light and shadow. That's awesome. guy's a freaking master. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, we... We finished the second issue?
0: We, um...
1: Yeah, I made it into issue three. I went into issue three with it.
0: Because there was one thing... Oh, um aside from me getting the impression of crumb and I know who came first, but I see Bisley
1: in some of the work here. Especially when Tira says suck my tits. Yes. Especially that. See the muscular back and the tight ass. It looks exactly like the, not exactly. It's very reminiscent of the cover for Lobo's back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So, yeah, the third issue, we um, go through Kings rather quickly. Um, People are uh, Moro sings about it. It is truly a pity what's become of our city. Once proud, now sick, and depraved. What shall we do? I ask all of you. To whom shall we look to be saved? And a very regal and uh, godlike visage for uh, for Star up in the heavens, as the whole the whole uh, his audience is screaming for Star. Unfortunately, Morrow is uh, he's brought forth. To, uh, to the king, to troll, who he um, he figures, you know the 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 minstrel's songs anger him, anger troll, um, and morrow basically. Well, oh, oh and he, he threatens to uh, have morrow's entrails stretched across troll's bed canopy this night Which, this night <laughs> yeah, right, right, right right now, now bitch. it's gonna happen yeah um and marl basically says listen you know dude th- th- this is what the people want so i only sing songs that that, that the people want to hear so uh they want to hear about the hero star um then troll scoffs at that marl reminds him that he was a hero once in, in the gladiatorium um
1: that gives troll the idea
0: Yes, to, uh, to end all these heroes that the gladiatorium seems to uh, spit out. And Moonja is reminiscing about um, Star. And when that happens, the dragon shows up to um, lay waste, to all the gladiators. Uh, some escape and head towards the uh, the Darklands, only to be um, met by Star. And Star seems to have gotten better at, at defending himself. And once the and yeah, the third issue is where we see the uh, the O oh, snap, but he uh,
1: <laughs>
0: the you, you when Star leaves Munja and and gladiators, so he can go face the intruders upon his land. Uh, the guard says, "This these lands belong to the king, as do all others within the realm of Zardath. Soon, all of the dark lands will bow at the feet of the mighty troll." Star says, never. This is my final warning to you. Turn back. Guard says, this guy's out of his fucking mind. And, um... Star says, you know... There's a weed throughout, uh... All the lands of Zardath and... Bending and Troll, and that uh, Star will kill that weed by striking at the root. And... The homie says, "How about this pretty boy? How about you come over here and strike my root? Strike. I'm sorry, the, the, the emphasis is all wrong here. He says, how about this pretty boy? You come over here and strike my root.' And yes, of course. That's when we get the O snap. That guy's face—it's awesome. It's a fantastic snap. panel. <laughs> it's uh, great. So they they shoot their arrows at star star." Um, Star gets away and, and as they scream stab that sexy bitch a new asshole. Star busts up the hive of gnarl wasps. Yeah, nasty. Who then fuck up they do the King's Guards. They yeah. do not um for though hideously painful the gnarl wasp the gnarl the gnarl wasp's venom does not kill but paralyze will be the carry on hawks yes that will be the end of you i
1: wish we saw that i wish we saw the hawks come down and rip the guys apart but um the the conceit here is that when star first encounters munja and all the the escaped um people from from zardath he tells them, see that plant over there rub that shit all over you and they're like why He's like, just do it. Just rub that stuff over you because you'll be—you're going to thank me, believe me. And when when he stirs up the 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 gnarle wasps, they won't touch the people that have been um that have used the the, the plant. They don't like it, so the, all they do is they attack the guards, Troll's guards, but they or his army, and they don't touch. His buddy. So they're like, oh, okay. I get it. Thanks. He's smart. Yeah. So, um...
0: Star and Munja have a bit of a conversation. Um, I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry for
1: trying to rape you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Star says that uh, Star appoints Munja general. Tells her to feed the troops. Make them strong for tomorrow. We march on Komarut, And the fourth issue starts off with. Um, oops. The covers are fantastic, but mm-hmm. uh, we, we get the fourth issue. We have uh, uh, Morrow sitting in his cell. Uh. But he hears a rumble outside and it's Star returning, to which um Troll is extremely upset, thinking that they are doomed. And um Tabor reminds Troll that uh, she bested him once, she can do it again. When his armies when his army sees him defeated in a battle by a woman, their spirit will be utterly broken and they will capitulate immediately. Um, yeah, Dragon says the woman is
1: right. Troll's armies change sides. Yes, they defected. Yes, that's yes, that was the
0: that was the second panel on this page, and that's absolutely right. Um, which is why Troll is so upset uh, with with neck veins popping out and everything, and um, as he tells, and this is one of those rare instances where the words in the panel, the words that the character is saying, actually reflect. The expression on their face and the body language, because you can see based on this face, and I, and, and I don't know if this panel will be in a gallery, but based oh, on this
1: panel, yes, it will. Yeah.
0: He tells her, "Then march 4th Tira, and kill that motherfucker." And you can feel yep. the neck bulging with that phrase. It's just it, it's absolutely one of Corbin's best panels ever, and that's and I have, that's a out of a Long history of fantastic panels. The fact that this one sticks out to me uh, says something. And and before I forget, this is I, you know, whether it's Den, anything from heavy metal, anything from from any of his earlier work, Corbin's always had this gritty, um, unclean line, mm-hmm. and it and here. Just seems to be some of the most polished and clean looking, and and that's not that's that's not a complaint. No, nope. that doesn't it doesn't it's not a detriment to this particular story. It's just for whatever reason, I've never really seen his work pop like it does in this series.
1: And curiously enough, Corbin's a master of color. A man who has colored most of his output. The fact that he said he gave the thumbs up to Jose Villarubia to color this says a lot about Villarubia. That's true. Um, you know, a master of color is just not going to hand his work off to just anybody and say, yeah, 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 you handle it. Because he's, he's very picky. Uh, the man invented his own process for coloring art. Uh, his his sequential art, and it's 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 just a testament to Villarubias. like okay you can handle it you do it yeah they do work really well together yeah and it, this is not the last time that they've worked together but you're you're exactly right about Crumb uh, Crum, uh, Corbin's line a lot of times he he'll he'll go fast and loose with the line and go very detailed with the color where this is a much more polished. Thinner line than where you see yeah. from Corbin.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it where I would normally see like a close up on on the jagged ink, the the, the, the brushwork. There's there's none of that here. Um, so the gate opens up and uh, Star asks if um, if the person coming forward has come to discuss the terms. Of their surrender the person says fuck no and Moonja recognizes that it is Tira and Tira says I've come to whip your candy ass star again and again just like Homeboy saying, no snap you really wouldn't expect to hear candy ass but right. then Moonja says your stank ass is mine and Star's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll handle this. Just, just let me get my shirt off. So he's like, so that, so, so is so, so you're gonna, you gonna sexy me to death. Okay, that, that's cool. Um, <laughs> then that troll says you better not be grabbing on her titties, you fucker. <laughs> so Mooji says, grab those titties, Star. Grab them
1: hard. Grab those, those titty. Great
0: conversation. I'm loving all of this. So they, uh, so, so Tira and Star. Have a little bit of a fight again. Uh Tira gets quite the upper hand at times and, and Star fights back. And that's when um so so during the fight <laughs> she she says uh she says that knee injury you once gave me, it pains me anew. I am undone. Star says, Bitch please. And then he's like, Alright, so let me give you another one. And then another oh too slow. So you ready to play with the big girls now. Feel the pain, cock eater. <laughs> Star says, eat of the cock do I not, wench. Tira says, that's not what Morrow said. Star says, Morrow lies. Twas he who... And while they're fighting, that's when Troll says, wait, Morrow's gay? (laughs) And the face is just like... He's just completely. Your entire kingdom well, is at
1: <laughs> risk, and all you give a shit about <laughs> in that panel is if Maro's gay. Game.
0: Game? Like what? It was this. I would love to see this, this, this as a live action, or even just animated, but just just to see, just to get, because you read comics at, at at your speed, and and you take it all in, and we all know, you know, based on understanding comics, how how panels work, and the gutters, and and. And the deliberate beats writers have when when they want to make sure that you know you read along at a certain space, pace, but if this was if, if Daniel Way was able to present this as as a cartoon, since I want to see Corbin draw this and and actually have it so that the right tone, the inflections, the 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 pacing is exactly the way he intended. I would not stop laughing at this show.
1: Yeah. It's foul, though. I mean, it really is. Oh, it's incredibly foul. It it pushes the Max imprint, as far as language, it pushes it farther than, like I said, any Max book I've ever read. It's just littered with profanity.
0: Oh, yeah, because once one Star lets Tira know that he has grown a pair, she says, well, then what are you waiting for? Finish it kill me and he kisses her and then he says wait you did say kiss me didn't you which she then just goes batshit crazy and then jumps on him and plants one on him and says about fucking time pussy Mm -hmm. to which Troll gets really upset tears off his crown and says oh you fucking bitch kill him Drago kill them all burn their fucking asses and um Charles says, "Hey, dear, remember all those times you wouldn't let me fuck you? Well, guess what? You're fucked now." And the guards down below are like, "By kill them all." You you think he means, "Hey,
1: guys, maybe we should get the fuck out of here." And it's like it's so wrong. It's just it's just. But you could tell that they were having fun with this. Oh, absolutely. And I just the next part I think is great because when
0: I completely forgot about Carson being in this. Well, yeah. Well, we get to the end of this with when 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 Troll runs away and and gets down to the basement of the castle, into the bowels of the dungeons. He he says, you know, he's like Carson. You asked, what the fuck have you been writing? This was not the outline you submitted. I want rewrites, motherfucker. And and I got to say, throughout this whole thing, Star looks like someone at a man of war, or just he is he is the, the epitome of, of of yeah. the of of just some heavy metal long haired buff band member it's just he's
1: so while uh (laughs) you get bonus points for mentioning man of war (laughs) Uh, it's just i he's he's wearing he's wearing
0: less clothes than man of war but still the uh the, Drago is doing his thing and and going after everybody while uh, Troll and Carson have their conversation while we get a close up on the remaining toes of of Carson um and Troll shows up with Carson's typewriter and and he tells Len to end the story and end it end it fucking right um Star is is Fighting Drago while this is going on, still, and Star finally um, gets him down, and thinking he he's 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 got it won, and and as his hair gets burned off, um, the troll is now at the point where he's beating up Len because uh troll is is this is this is his story. Um and and it's going to happen the way he wants it to happen. Um you just do as I command. And Carson says well then just just talking write it the way you want it. Do it yourself. And Troll admits that he can't. He he just he stops himself before he goes any further, but that's when the light bulb goes off, for Carson, yeah. saying that you 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 can't you can't do anything unless I write it. That's why you brought me here. That's why you haven't. That's why you've kept me enslaved. But I'm not enslaved anymore. I'm free. I'm running the fucking show. And then someone shows up and says, "No, I'm running the fucking show." And it's Star, who brings everyone. Drago's head and Troll in this moment of worry just wants to know what happened to Star's hair. <laughs> and he's like, is it bad? He's like, what? No, it's um." he's like, ah. he turns to Carson's like, you know, can I get a little help? And, and and Len's like, hey, man, fuck you, man. There's nothing that can help you now. And he says, you mess with the Star, you mess with Star the Slayer, you get slain. Ooh. Which star says, "You're fucking a right." <laughs> it's so wrong. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. He's just standing there. Everybody's behind him. And he's like, "Hey man, uh, T- trolls just all back, walking it all back." He's like, "You know, let's not get crazy. We could talk about this. It's cool. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, you can take this crown. It's yours." Len's like, "Well, Jesus, who's, who's the puss now?" And before he can give star. The crown. He takes out the knife that he tried to slash Star with earlier when mm-hmm. they met in the um, gladiatorium, and Star then cuts
1: off um, brutally. I yeah. mean, that's that's some visceral shit.
0: It's just, it, I mean, there are chunks. He and doesn't. Chun-
1: He can't cut his head off with one blow. It takes him a couple of swipes to do it. And then once he's got his head semi-separated from his body, like Troll's head is hanging from just tendons and shit. And and he's still alive. And he's he's trying to talk. He's like, this can't end like this. And he's still talking. And his head is just bobbing around upside down on his chest. It's freaking, it's brutal. That is nasty shit. It was nasty. It was big time nasty. Um
0: but he ends up in the uh the chalk outline that uh that he had used earlier to um to bring Len to this uh to this realm and Star wants to know where he's gone. Len's like, Hey look man, I'm I'm sorry, I'm just this uh just this, 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 uh, this is too good, you know. I just uh I had to leave room for the sequel. Mm-hmm. And star's like, I just you know, Star has no idea who this person is. Len says, hey man, I, I, I'm, I'm Len Carson, I created you, all of this. And uh, I, I created it with, with that, and he points to the typewriter which Stargen just destroys. And Len's all distraught, I'll never get home now. I, I can't stay here, Star says, you're right. Because I'm burning this place to the motherfucking ground. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. And, and he tells Morrow to take it all home and sing a song out of it. And um, we get a nice little firework display the whole place is up in flames as everybody is standing back watching it all and that is the end of our story
1: yeah so awesome it really is one of the things i love the best about it is you have this dragon man in the original story that's just there for for visual appeal like stars fighting this dragon guy and then the dragon guy quickly goes away and it's He's um, replaced with the real threat, which is Troll. And in this, the miniseries, the, the four-show miniseries, Troll has a, a a lackey that's covered in a hood throughout the entire, m- most of the proceedings. He's got this hood on, and we never get to see like, exactly what it is. And then at some point, he takes off the, the robe with the hood, and it's Drago, the Dragon Man, from the, the first... Um, story that was in um the uh Chamber of Darkness. So it's like this neat little bridge between 1970 and 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 when this came out. It's a nice little touch that's just like, yeah, remember that guy that was a a, a brief aside in the in the first story? Well, he's in this entire thing. And here he is. Ta-da, the reveal. It's fun. Yes. But did you guess what my My head-scratching moment is about this series? No. Okay. You have an imprint that allows for gratuitous language and nudity. And you have one of the preeminent renderers of the female form in Richard Corbin doing the art. The nudity in this series is bare minimum.
0: You're right. It's You're absolutely n- it's, right. Not, it's not it's I was surprised.
1: Yeah, it's not gratuitous. Like I don't I don't know how deep your Corbin experience goes, but if I had a dollar for every time Corbin draw drew a dick, I'd be a very very rich man. Right? Corbin loves Corbin loves to reveal the massive size of his male protagonists, let's just put it that way. And and there's none of that in this when Tifa's in the uh tifa tira's in the the ring and she's fighting you see her nude from behind and you see a little side boob but there's really no gratuitous female nudity in this thing and i'm like what you have richard corbin on this like and it's under the max imprint run with it and they don't they they just they don't the violence is extremely gruesome in this book whether it's star punching through a guy's face or, you know, his trolls uh, head dangling from a string in in the end. Just it's it, there's a lot of crimson, a lot of blood. But the nudity is like almost negligible. I don't get it. I, I don't. I wonder if they said, well, you know what? This is pretty the language and this is pretty, pretty foul. Let's just rein it in a little bit on the nudity. I don't know what, you know, why they would say that, but it's it's maybe could Corbin have said, you know what, I really don't want to draw naked people. That seems anti-Corbin to me. It's just I, I don't understand why there's mm-hmm. not a lot more nudity in this thing. I don't know. Yeah, could have been editorial. I, I have no idea. But for whatever reason it's 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 foul on a, on many levels, but in terms of uh uh explicit nudity, it's not it's nowhere near it's It's actually tastefully done for Corbin Surprising. True. very, very surprising, yeah, but I mean it wasn't a deal breaker for me i don't, I, I, I will of course look not. At, no, I will look at Corbin panels willingly till the end of my days. i just I, I think he's one of the all-time best. Yep, and and I think this is well not my favorite Corbin, it it certainly is is great Corbin. You know. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad you liked it though. Oh good! Oh, I'm so glad I got to read it.
0: I missed it the first time around.
1: I have the singles and I have the collected edition. Is it a hardcover? No. I it, so. it, and it's ridiculously priced. Um, for four issues no extra bits at all you get no sketchbook pages no thankfully no script pages none of that crap 1999 that's 99 wow. ri- that's ridiculous yeah it's super thin but well, that that's marvel for you but thankfully I did not pay that for it it was one of right. the uh, the trades that marvel frequently remainders and i got it for like four bucks okay yeah so i mean i did invest originally on the singles but uh, the trade i got for a song yeah all right hey we wrapping this puppy up
0: we can wrap it up
1: nice hey everybody this episode of 11 o'clock comics has been brought to you by discount comic book service dcbservice.com get your books getting fast getting delivered right to your damn door for a mere fraction of what everybody else is paying and we would like to thank once again our beautimous patreons those, those guys that, that are there for us they got our backs each and every month and we love them we thank them for that we wouldn't be able to do this without our, our patrons. So much, much love going out to the, the patrons. If you would like to find out what all the hubbub is about, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 O-C-O-M-I-C-S and, and just dip yourself in the, the fun going on there. Uh, f- go to the Facebook page. Go to our Twitter accounts. We're uh, pretty active on there. Uh, we're all over the place. In your travels... I uh because it's not, hasn't been a whole lot of time between last episode and this episode and we did have a project in the puppet master uh concept. I didn't read a whole lot extra. I started this. I hope to have it finished for after our book of the month which is next episode. Written by Mark Wade. This came out in July of It looks like 2000. Could it be? No. Where's my glasses? Let me put my glasses on. See when this thing came out. This came out in July of 2009. That seems more like it. Um, From Top Cow. The art is by Kenneth Roquefort. It is a mini series, six issues, I believe. It is called Cyberforce Hunter Killer. A meeting of the Cyberforce team and the Hunter Killer team. And I lately am not a gigantic Kenneth Roquefort fan. But this incarnation of Kenneth Roquefort, I love a lot. It's very detailed. Um, Which is not to say his current work isn't. But his current work is... Oh, I don't know how to put it in words. It's different. Um there's a there's an airiness to his new work that this old stuff didn't have. Uh it's it's tense, excruciating detail. Um and it's just very inventive design work. Even Kenneth Roquefort's smoke is artfully designed. Like the guy has a, a way with um angles and lines and technology and it's it's all here on the page. I like it so far. I'm on, I'm on issue two, and it's the obligatory two teams meet, they fight, and the hunter killer team says, "Hey, wait a minute, we need you guys to save the world," and that's where I am now. So it's fun. Cyberforce, hunter killer, from Top Cow. If you you know you'll be able to find this guaranteed in the cheapy bins. It's uh, it's pretty good stuff. Nice. But I, I'm a major mark for Cyberforce. So Are you? Yeah, at least the original Cyberforce, not not what's been going on now. <clears throat> Whatever they it is. I mean, the the whole free uh Cyberforce comics that were coming out there for a while, I i didn't jones on those at all and I haven't followed the team after that. So I don't know what's going on with Cyberforce now. But the original Cyberforce, yes. I like them much. There you go. Huh. Yeah what do, what should they read oh let's see um
0: you know what i like you said because we haven't had a lot of time i i have the um i have a couple of the d c warner brothers books on queued up and and ready to go i know they've they've been hit and miss over the the past few times they've done this um the there were some entertaining ones and then there were some that were kind of on the whiff side I am looking forward to um, reading Lex Luthor Porky Pig uh, which has um, well the main story first story is uh, written by Mark Russell Pencils by Brad Walker. Inks by Andrew Hennessy. I don't know. I just started getting a couple pages into that one. The second story is uh, written by Jim Fanning. And pencils by John Loder. Inks by Paul J. Lopez. And then the... I'm I'm not sure if... Because I'm not a huge... Tweety bird fan. Who I, is? I I know. I kind of I just I love this cover by um by by uh the manuela uh, uh Lupicino with with Catwoman holding up Sylvester. A yeah. remember chubby. Yeah.
1: Sylvester. It's a nice cover.
0: It is. Um but my dislike of Tweety I'm not sure if I want it because I do like Gossamer. So basically, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm in a rush to read The Joker Daffy Duck, but Lex Luthor Porky Pig, at least the first story there, and Harley Quinn Gossamer yeah. have um, have my interest. And that's yeah, so that's I haven't read them yet because, like Vince said, we haven't had a lot of time, and this weekend kind of went by rather quickly and in a blur. I did a lot of packing yesterday as well. Oh, yeah, and I've also did some work in the basement. So it's just, it's been nuts. And it, it's, it, people don't need to hear my excuses. I just haven't right. had a lot of time to read.
1: But they're getting an extra episode this week, so. They are. They absolutely are. The funky little three. theme,
0: which three. I really dug. Uh, so, yeah, so in your travels, um, go ahead and read one of the things that I'm, Going to read, and if if I dig any of them, maybe I'll mention them if we have time after uh, we're done talking about monsters.
1: Yeah, Caleb says that um, I'm gonna love, agree with, and be enraged by the Lex Luthor Porky Pig. So we'll okay, see. Then. I mean, if you want me to read something, that's pretty much the way to do it. <laughs> but I, you know, Tweety is basically Jerry of Tom and Jerry, I mean, it's the same concept, that the bird keeps getting away and the, the, the cat, you know, the prat falls with the cat and he never gets the bird, but it, Yeah, it, but
0: the bird, the, the bird is protected by Grandma, right? Whereas, Jerry's whereas on his Jerry, own. nobody Yeah.
1: No, well, that's away. what I was going to say. Yeah. I would give me Jerry any day.
0: Over, Absolutely. Over
1: Tweety. Jerry and then Uncle Pico. Yep. And yeah, yep, there you go. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us once again. Good on the social media. We're on there. Um, go to the Patreon page. I gave you the URL before. Um, in the meantime, what, what? Say good night. David.
0: Oh, good night.
1: David. That's freaky how the goddamn cricket goes. One two, one two three, one two, one two three. Like it's like it's almost if like they can count. Listen, that oh, little bitch changed his tune. Did you hear that? He changed it up. He did. It's like he. It's like he heard me. He heard me.
0: They know our code.
1: Damn no. Oh, that's two threes in a row. What an asshole. That damn cricket's an asshole. God, I'm out of here. Screw you, cricket. You establish a pattern, then you break it. What the hell is that? That's just that's 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 wrong. That is that's all right. Not going to make it big with that. No, don't quit your day job, cricket. All right, Uh, again, we're out of here. Thank you. This was fun, and we'll be back in a couple of days. Look at that. Yes. We love you. Say bye. Latest. I'm going to smash that fucking cricket. <laughs> He's going to sign up on cricket mobile phone just to beat it up. God, I hate him. <laughs>